Hi, welcome to Father Scarves Ultimate Hours. We have some shit to play for you and other stuff, and it's going to be cool. But in the meantime, I'm still setting up, and I lost my pants already. Go figure. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. You should be one to talk. We have spilt beer here, ladies and gentlemen, because someone here thought it would be a great idea to uh, leave an unopened beer chilling in the door of a fridge that can't even hold a soda can. Good plan. It's Soul. spilt everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Print, print dress. I have to get this iron next week. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, thanks. Who's going to pay for his dry cleaning? Prom is in a week. What am I going to wear? Don't don't keep your clothing on because of me, people. <laughs> Touche. In the studio today, of course, as always, my son. Sup, bitches. <laughs> you have to talk more into the microphone, Dumas. Sup, bitches. There we go. And then we have a special guest today, Mr. Scott Wilson. We're going to go by that, or what do you want to go by? Oh, you know, Scott's fine. Sure. Scott. Okay, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> He's here to talk to us about uh, some things he wrote and uh, some adventures he had in space. You know, because you're you're now retired, correct? Well, I, I never actually got into space. That was it's the hard, it's, it's it's a very competitive field, space engineering. Well, I mean, it, it, so I mean, what it was like you versus like like ten people from Korea? Well, yeah, it, it's it's even less than that. It's the testing processes is kind of kind of steep. I don't like talking about it. Uh, really, it's a little I'm, testy. Yeah, you know, I'm still getting over it. Uh, I'm just working on getting my writing out and doing other stuff. Okay, well, you know, I could I could always dig that. You know, um, <laughs> it's cool. We're uh, what to call? It? As I said, we're still setting up because we were drawn back by the spilt beer incident, which I'm still recovering from. Yeah, I had a couple other things I wanted to set up, and you know, the beer held me back. Beer's it's- always holding me down, man. Always holding me down. In one form or another. One form or another. Sometimes, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, I was distracted. There's an ad here of a girl in a bikini. So They're selling now, those online now? Huh? They're selling those online now? Uh, it's a Corona commercial. Oh, never mind. If they, were selling, if, they were, come on, if they were selling girls in bikinis on the internet, would I really be doing a radio show?
To uh, Father Scardo's Hours Altered here at Homegrown Radio's NJ's org. Uh, yes, in the studio with me once again is my son who's not here, but then also Mr. Scott Wilson, or we'll call you Scott for now. Why, thank you, Father. Uh, you were in here, what was it, a year ago? Well, a year and a half, I think. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, and it was for Monster Mash. Monster Rally. Monster Rally. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Well, the front cover was the Fam of the Opera. I got that much. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, and uh, those of you who don't know what that is, it was a book on... It was just it was Hollywood in general. Cause I remember there was... It was mainly st- cult and sci-fi films. Yeah, kind of, kind of there was about Superman in there. There was about like different like black and white horror movies. Black and white horror movies. There was uh, one completely on Yeti films. Yeti films. You know, abominable snowman killing people, which is a very tight genre there. Other stuff. So the, my new book is is specifically on Bela Lugosi films. Yeah, well, I mean, this uh, I'm excited. I, I actually uh, I'm not going to lie to the people listening. I had no idea what book he was bringing today. I just knew he was bringing a book. <laughs> this, is, this is my boy over here. You know, we we talk via stalker book all the time, and uh, he was just like, "No, I got a book." I'm like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, come on in." And uh, you know, I, I'm actually really psyched now because I mean, I don't know Lugosi, man, <laughs> his movies. He is Dracula. Yeah. yeah. None of this glitter stuff. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, which, which of course, they even name a character Bella in the goddamn Twilight films. So that's like a, an insult upon insult. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, rolling over in his grave. He is dead, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, we think he is. <laughs> he is Dracula. For all, all we know. He, he's living in uh, Australia right now, hanging out, chilling. <laughs> he, he survived the tsunami, too, and everything. Okay, off sub- what? No, no, we're talking about Australia. They had tsunami there first. Oh, really? I thought that was yeah. New Zealand. Uh, yeah, is that the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost. Well, actually, here's an interesting fact for you. Um, is we, we tsunamis. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band called the Melvins. Uh, I, I know of them. Yes. They're the reason for the tsunamis. Oh really? They played in New Zealand, and that's when the uh, well, it wasn't a volcano, was it? With the tsunami that was like uh, beginning of this year. Yeah, that was yeah. It was moments play there that night? Tsunami happened. They go to Japan night two. Tsunami happens. This band is <laughs> too good. And the sixth and the seventh 
of June. They're playing in New York City, and I'm going to be there. Tsunami, anyone? <laughs> That's funny. My, my friend's band, he actually missed the tsunami in Japan by like a week. Whoa. They were touring down there, and then they hopped over. I forget. I think they hopped over to England. Really? And then they're watching it on the news two nights later. Oh, that's so. scary. Yeah, no, the Melvins got caught up in it. And actually, I was reading one guy's article. He was actually, it wasn't Rolling Stone. He was there with another magazine. And he was there to write about the Melvin show. And he's there in the hotel room when the earthquake's happening. And uh, there's something over the loudspeaker of people screaming and, like, you know, the other language. And he's like, I don't know what the hell to do. He runs outside, and he noticed the singer's hair because the singer has really odd hair. And so he followed them. So he got to spend the rest of his time during the earthquake and the tsunami with the band because they were the only people that had an interpreter. Because <laughs> otherwise he was, you know, he was screwed. He was in his room and they're yelling and, you know, over the, like, you know, the PA. And he's like, what the, leave, stay, what do I do? Yeah, that, that whole multilingual stuff leaves as soon as you're doing emergency uh, announcements. As soon as the ground's shaking, <laughs> it's over. But um, so when did you start writing Lugosi? Oh, uh, last actually when I talked to you, I was in the pre-stages of putting it together. Uh, I was doing the research. I, I wanted to do. You a mean, book. last time you were here? Yeah, last time I was here with you, I, while I was pushing Monster Rally, I was already working on that. Uh, I was. It was in the the uh, fetus form, though embryo form. Uh, Third trimester. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was beyond killing at that point, and we were just trying to figure out what to do with Lugosi and, and um, trying to, because there's so many books, there are so many excellent definitive books on Lugosi out there. My odds of doing one that even came close to some of the really well-done ones was slim. I mean, I, I don't have 10 years to do research on, on this. I just want to write a book about a, an actor I like in films of his. So I had to find a theme, and the theme I eventually decided upon was films of his that were adapted from classic works of literature. So you've got Robert Louis Stevenson in there, you've got Edgar Allan Poe in there, so you've got you've got reprints of the old stories. You have I have synopsises of the movies, and then I my own personal take and uh, 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 insights into both of them. Right on. Yeah, you know, so. uh, looks pretty looks pretty well done. And I gotta say, that is a good shot of you. Why? Thank you. That, uh, that that's actually on a for, a pharmaceutical uh, commercial soundstage after they were shooting their commercial. You can't tell I'm, I, that what thing I'm leaning on is a clown hammer, but it's it's cropped a little nicer, so you can't see it's a clown hammer. Oh my! I, I don't know, man. It's a book on the ghost. I mean, that would have been <laughs> that, that would have been pretty cool. Like I'm leaning on a cloud. What doesn't have to do with pharmaceuticals? Come on. Well, come in, well, it's a it's a double entendre. Cause see, uh, clowns have to go to the pharmacy for you know when they when they puke up the, uh, the balloons. The, the balloons and everything, yeah, you know, that hurts. And then hammers, you know, put people in the hospital all the time. My ex should know. But um, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> no, she's okay. <laughs> she's all right. Well, I assumed she was using it on you. That was no. uh, Well, what's the best part about kinky sex? Uh-oh. Cleaning off the bloody hammer. There you go. But, uh... <laughs> uh, it's like one of the many horrible jokes I heard. <laughs> Oh, Yo, I mean, we had to, uh, we had to, uh, to do some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you, you have a, you know, a Guido in Hampshire. <laughs> Is that where they come from? Oh no, he goes to Hampshire. Oh, okay. That's what I said. Guido's in Hampshire. <laughs> oh, okay. 
There is an increasing Guido population at Hampshire, and we've done the ratio. As it was at one point, one Guido to every ten hippies, it is now two Guidos to every eight lesbians. Wow. Because yeah, didn't you say there were, like, three girls for every guy at that college? Yep, two girls for every one cup, too. Yeah, and why haven't I gone up there yet? Oh, wait, no money. <sighs> yep. What can I say? It's another day, another day, another day. But, um, what's it called? So do you have any... What was it? I had another question about Lugosi, but I forgot already. Wait, so is it called Performed by Lugosi? Yeah, or is it Performed Lugosi? by Lugosi. Is and this... also, this uh, due out any month now, I have an essay in a book coming out called Butcher Knives and Body Counts. It's it's a collection of articles and essays on slasher films specifically. So I have a, a nice little uh, essay in there on Silent Night, Deadly Night, one and two, probably the best nice. the best Santa Claus killer film ever made. Actually, I think it's just the first one. I didn't even do the uh, on the sequel. That's all good. What year did that movie come out? Is... Oh, that was in the late 70s, I believe, if I remember correctly. Late 70s, early 80s. Might have been 80, 81. Yeah. No, it's like, I know I've seen it before. I just can't, uh... Oh, crap, I can't remember. But what, uh, what is that it in was a like book? The, it was, no, it was a movie. It was the quintessential uh, Santa Claus serial killer movie. No, no, I mean your article. Oh, the article. Oh, no, it's, it's an article that's coming out. It's a book called Butcher Knives and Body Counts. Butcher Knives and Body yeah, Counts. Yeah, it should be hitting Amazon any month. I just I, uh, read through the proofs and redid my bio for it uh, last week, two weeks ago. So that's coming up really soon. And I'm still doing the podcast. Nice. So. Movie Sucktastic. Movie Sucktastic. Going where's strong. Your, where's your co-host? Oh, he's uh, he's working. Ah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I was going to put the offer that if you ever want to bring him, you can. Oh, I bring him whenever I can. But he just had a kid this year too, so oh. we're we're actually doing. We've been we the last two months we haven't had an episode out. We've been kind of holding off because I had my I was doing five classes at once at the Ooh. last semester on top of my job. He has a kid on top of his job, so um, but we're coming back with some solo episodes whenever we can. We get together and we're tr- we're we're a little behind on the technology of podcasting via the internet. So we're we're kind of patching that together. We're, we learn it as we go along. Yeah, we're well, in, we're in it for the love, not the technology, unfortunately. <laughs> in it for the love, the love of bad movies. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you seem to uh, seem to be into some cool movies. I mean, it's the kind of shit I watch. Did you uh, did you see? God, I can't even think of what it's called. The uh, the Santa Claus movie with Goldberg in it. With Goldberg, the wrestler. No, that was. Which one is that? It just came out like last year. Did it? The opening scene. Uh, the mother is Fran Desher, I think her name is. Fran Drescher. Yeah, Fran yeah. Drescher. Uh, I mean, actually, I can't even list all the celebrities. Like, it's just like the opening scene probably has the most celebrities the movie actually has. And Santa Claus is playing. Uh, was it Goldberg is playing Santa Claus? But it's not Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus's twin brother that goes oh. around and kills people. Oh, that kills people. Yeah. The, the last Santa Claus film I remember coming out was the one where uh, it was Santa Claus's brother, Fred. Oh, Fred Claus. Fred Claus. There you go. No, this is a grindhouse horror movie, and like Goldberg is, as the Santa Claus guy going around killing people. No. What, I know, uh, again, you're treading yeah. on Silent Night, Deadly Night territory there. Yeah. Just, uh, on what territory? Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you really... no, It was very inspired, but it might even be a remake for all I know. It could be. No, you know, if it, as long as they're ripping it off instead of just stealing the title. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty it was it was pretty fun. I'll tell you that much. I mean, my dad watched it the one day, and I came home. He's like, "Do you have a minute? You have to see this movie." And I was like, "All right." I mean, just the opening scene alone is just worth it because the way he like the way he kills people, it's just so funny. That or uh, I don't know. My dad always shows me interesting horror movies. You see Pot Zombies yet? No, I have not. It's um, God, I can't think of the name of the company. I'm having a brain farts today. I've only been up since five a.m. Don't worry. Um. Started my day, got up, went to work, and puked while I was at work, and I kept going. <laughs> Man, but, uh, my life is so hard. <laughs> Man. Hey, what'd you do today? You woke up, you shot up heroin, and then you walked over to my car and came here. Shut up. Hey, haters gonna hate. Uh, who who did uh, Toxic Avenger? Uh, trauma. 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 It's yeah. a trauma film. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, and it's like this government puts chemicals inside a pot so when people smoke it, they turn into zombies. You know, the, the only problem I have with Troma is that, I mean, when they first did Toxic Avenger, it was really kind of groundbreaking. I, yeah. Actually, there's a new Toxic Avenger out now called Hobo with a Shotgun. I know you've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was great. It, it, it's, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Joey's seen it. And, and it's, it's going to bring back, like, the well-made bad movie, the kind where they're not trying to make a bad film, but they're, but they're just taking the fact that they have no budget and, yeah. and, and you letting the cheesiness of a low-budget horror film work for it instead of against it. And I think it's going to bring back a whole new generation of that kind of Tromaville. The Tromaville before they just started cranking out shit on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I haven't seen that one yet. I'll, I've heard of it. I just haven't seen it. No, me neither. I, <laughs> yeah, I know Joey's seen it. I, I'm, I'm next in line, hopefully. Nice. Now, if you get a chance to watch Pod Zombies, too, this one's just... Uh, it's one of those ones that you just watch it just because... Uh, just because. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been catching up. Uh, since, since we had the Friday the 13th last week, I decided, well, you know, I'm going to have a marathon of the Friday the 13th films. Which, nice. I mean, we've all seen them, but how, how many of them have you seen recently? Yeah, well, that's know, true. So I, I burned through the first eight in about uh, five days. Nice. And, and uh, I'm, I forgot how bad. I hadn't seen part eight, which is Jason Goes to Hell. No, no, part nine is Jason yeah, Goes to Hell. Yeah, part eight, eight is, is Manhattan. Takes, takes Manhattan, which is bad. And you yeah. watch, if you're watching them in order, you watch eight. You watch t- Jason Go- Takes Manhattan, you think, well, this is, this is pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's, this is a bad movie. Then you watch Jason Goes to Hell, and you, you almost forget. You, you really forget what, how bad Takes Manhattan was because you, you wish you were watching that again. You wish <laughs> yeah. you were watching it again in slow motion with the sound like turned up. Just, it's, watching Jason Goes to Hell is like having like a homeless man tackle you in an alley, and just like pin you to the floor and slap you in the face with his diseased dick repeatedly, that, that, that's like why it's it's almost it's such it's, a diss, but it's true. It's it's that actually might be a little bit better. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Jason goes to hell is just a film where every fifteen minutes it just slaps you in the face with its dick. That's all it does. Well, I mean, over the, and over again. It's like that. Jason goes to hell to me is almost like. Uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Five because it has like I don't want to say nothing to do with Jason, but you know in Part Five it's like it's not oh, yeah. Jason it's, it's killing everyone. Jason film without a chase, but at least yeah. they had a guy in a hockey mask running around yeah. killing people. Wherein Jason goes to hell, it's no his heart's his heart is is uh, possessing people. Yeah, That's what it is. So Ossie Davis is going to shave a man, you know, strapped to a table, and then we're going to watch a guy with glasses run around for half an hour. And there's, <laughs> it's 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 that doesn't even encapsulate how bad that film is it's like you know what that whole jason goes to hell could have been the 15 minute ending to a different movie 
That's all it had well, to be. Well, the first five minutes of that movie should have been a film in itself, where he's, yeah. he gets lured into the forest and a SWAT team descends. Yeah, and they fucking nuke him. Yeah, I, I saw that movie in the theater, and when, and you're watching it, and all of a sudden a SWAT team comes out. I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Here's the movie. The yeah. military, the SWAT, FBI, ATF versus fucking Jason. Here's a movie. Yeah. Then they blow him apart, and next thing you know, Ossie Davis is eating his heart, and okay, it's all downhill. Yeah. It's beyond downhill. It's just, just plummeting. And, the, and Jason's heart looked like... Uh, Honey barbecued uh, uh, boneless wings from uh, from uh, KFC. That heart was actually used again in another film. Really? Yeah. Take a guess. <sighs> Twilight. <laughs> D- Dusk till dawn. That heart really? made a second appearance in Dusk till dawn. Shit. It was the heart yanked out of someone's chest. I forget who. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same heart. There you go. Crap. <laughs> Same barbecue wings. Same barbecue wings. Always delicious. Well, I mean, the only the the. Literally, the only cool part of part of uh, Jason Goes to Hell is the intro and the ending. And like the reason I liked the ending was because um, it tied in Evil Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street to oh. it. They had all those options, and they did. Oh, well, the, like when they find the Necronomicon in the yeah. Because Jason, of course, in, in part two, is living in a ramshackle shack he's built on the edge of town, on, on the edge of the of the uh, camp, because his mother is dead. Yeah, and but then we find out all of a sudden in part eight, not only does Jason have a sister, not only is there a whole bloodline of the J- of the Voorhees, there's a palatial Voorhees estate hiding in the middle of the forest with the Necronomicon sitting on its shelf and the crate from Creep Show in the fucking basement. Yep, the, this and then that's a dick to the face right there. It's <laughs> like wait, pause that. What the fuck is that crate? No, that's that's this the movie fucking us once again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the cool thing, I, one good thing that came out of that was, I don't know if you're in the comics, but they actually had a comic of Jason versus Freddy versus Ash from Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, they, they came out with that because they were yeah. talking because a fan had a, uh, somebody out there like had written the screenplay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was this huge uproar. We need to make this film. And, of course, they can't make it happen. So they oh, yeah. eventually did the screenplay version well, of it. Well, one of the reasons, the comic. one of the main reasons it didn't happen was, like, actually everything was going smoothly from what I read in uh, one of the last articles, I'll call it on, because they stopped talking about it. Um, all the camps seem to be, like, go for it. They're kind of like, all right, we could do this. Bruce Campbell wanted it in the contract that Ashford won, and they said, well, we can't guarantee that, and that's when it just went. Well, like, why would you not have Ash win? Yeah, well, that's the thing, because they're like, well, you can't, like, why wouldn't you have Ash win? But then at the same time, it's supposed to be a horror movie. Isn't it supposed to be a not happy ending? You know, it's like it was, but Jason it was a conflict. Lo- but Jason and Freddy both lose at the end of every film. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, oh suddenly we're, they're going to win one? No. What, what, yeah, I mean, the end of Freddy versus Jason. Jason's walking out of the water with Freddy's head, but have Freddy wigs. Right. <laughs> Fuck. But, 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 but then again, we're talking about the people that actually greenlit the screenplay for Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. <laughs> also, the first the first Jason death in that film, uh, when Ossie Davis takes this long uh, probe and, and and just grots or he fucking kills the guy. Yeah. Uh, it's the the guy who's playing the the dead person is one of the screenwriters. What really? Yeah. And so it, at least at least on screen, one of the screenwriters got what they deserved for the atrocity that was the movie. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about Part 9 is it says on the cover, it's like, the people that brought you the first are here to bring you the last. It's like, wow, the people that brought the first should have just kept the fact that they made the first. Yeah, just hang on to that. Yeah, just keep putting that on your hang business card. Yeah, we the first one. It's like, now it's like, well, we did the first one. <laughs> part 9. Well, here's an example of that for you. I was at a uh, screenwriting competition uh, a couple of years ago, and there was a panel of screenwriters, and I won't mention the guy's name because there were a couple of screenwriters involved, and they're talking about, 
how to write dialogue, that kind of thing. And one, one of them, the, when the announcer announce him, they read off his list of accomplishments, and on that list is Superman for the Quest for Peace. I don't even think I saw that one. No, you and, don't want to. You don't no, want and, to. And this guy, and he, these people, when, you know, when, you, when you're on a panel or something, you write your own intro. This guy put on his intro, yes, I wrote Superman for the Quest for Peace. And so I'm stymied just by that. Then later on, they're talking about uh, good dialogue writing. And someone, and he mentions, oh, well, you know, bad dialogue writing. I mean, go, go, you go see, this is when Knowing was in the theater with uh, Nicolas Cage, oh, yeah. which I don't think is one of his worst films. I mean, I don't think it was that bad. And he starts to talk about, oh, I saw that. You want to talk about bad dialogue? There's a film with horrible dialogue. And, and everybody's nodding. And all I'm thinking is, you know, I saw that in the theater, and I don't remember any of the dialogue in that being twice as horrible as Superman for the quest for peace. So yeah, I mean, true. It's, it's, it's sometimes they, you know, you get these guys and they just lose perspective on how bad their movies really are. Now the Jason Takes Manhattan guy, he actually apologizes the director because he, he he says up front, "You're right, the movie sucked. They should have been in Manhattan more, but they cut our budget and they wouldn't let me film anything." So at least there, there's a guy, you know. Yeah. No, it's like that's the thing. It's like if if a band makes a shitty album and they apologize for it, it's like it's cool. But it's like as soon as you're gonna sit there and go, "This is the best thing we've ever done," it's like, well, all your fans think you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, like oh man, I don't know. Like, have you ever seen uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two? No, because I I, uh, I started to watch Return of the Living Dead Part Two, but I got about 15 minutes in and I said, you know, they're gonna go have a vasectomy. Oh, it, 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 yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's the only way to, to win on that one. <laughs> I, I actually, if you get the DVD, there's audio commentary of the writer-director. And throughout the, through, and I'm listening to it, just waiting for the point where he says, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we, we, no, it seemed like a good idea at the time. You know, by the time we were done, was instead, he's saying things like, well, you know, we were ahead of our time now because no one was really doing, you know, comedy horror films. And we just we just were really ahead of the curve, and no one understood what we were doing. Was it intentionally funny, or was that? <laughs> no, it was it was it wasn't funny. <laughs> they were going for comedy, which was obvious, but it was not. Was good. not. Check it check it out, and then you know, and then then ask this guy, you know, find this guy, and call him up and ask him why he didn't apologize. Yeah, no, we should ask him that. <laughs> you got his number? No, uh, well, I used to. I have Linnea Quigley's number somewhere. There you go. I mean, we might as well get in touch with her while we're at it. Hey, maybe I can get an autographed copy of her uh, the the workout video she did. You know, actually, funny story. It involves his his uh, his brother. Um, his friends, you know, they were they were going home for summer, you know, college and stuff, and they had their external memories. They were swapping like movies and music, and his friend says, "All right." There's a surprise tape on there. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I changed the title, but you're going to thank me. And it was the, her exercise tape. He changed it to something <laughs> like, uh, like it almost sounded like a horror movie, like The Eyes of God or something like that. Then he opened it up, and it's like Quigley's workout. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Movie Sucktastic, every now and then we do a cinema confessional where we, we uh, confess a, a cinematic sin. And m- the first one we did was my confession that I, at one point, when it came out as a young man, rented and watched uh, Linnea Quigley's horror workout, yes, and not because I needed a workout. <laughs> well, at least not. Uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, you worked out your arm. I, I, I neither confirm nor deny anything regarding that. Okay, but, uh, can, I, can I give a confession? Uh, um. Yeah. <sighs> I enjoyed Jaws four. <laughs> you may want to. You should have held on to that one. I don't know. That's. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, you know, the first one, that one can't be touched. The first Jaws, 
The second one wasn't even that bad. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. That's how I look at it. The third one, I don't even, you know, the third one's just, you watch it for. Wait, uh, isn't the fourth one the one that's like pseudo in 3D? No, oh, that's, that's the third. That's, that's the three. third one. That's oh, three. Yeah. God, that was the one that made me want to Yeah, you there. know, I, I have to go with you. At least, like, if I had to sit through a Jaws sequel, Jaws 4, at least you got Michael Caine in there. Yeah. Uh, Jaws, Jaws 3 is worse than 4. As bad as 4 is, at least. It's got some actors in it, and it it tries to do something, and it's not just. Yeah, at least the shark and... looks kind of like badass as compared to the three D. I mean, like the, the oh. just the final scene of freaking Jaws three, where it's gonna yeah. bust through the glass. <laughs> Here it comes! It's just a shark. Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, the people at home can't see my hand gesture, but if you get a chance, go on YouTube and they have it. Look up like the you mean scene. This, you mean this radio show is not in three D. I, yeah, the radio show's not in 3D. <laughs> See my ass naked in 3D. We uh, we did a podcast about 3D movies uh, before the year, uh, and we what we did it was a drinking contest episode where we, 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 we went through all the 3D films coming out in 2011, and we took a shot for each one. <laughs> and awesome. It, yeah, and that, that, that did not end well. Woke up in Rio three days later. Oh, <laughs> the thermos taped to my ankles. What oh, happened? Right. <laughs> oh, I have a drinking game, you know. Oh, I know. I know. I like this one. Please, please share it. Well, I don't know which one are you talking about. No, no, go ahead. Well, I have a couple. One of them is the iCarly one. Yes. Yeah, I... you do a shot every time you're awkwardly turned on. Yeah. Came up with the Jaws one actually, though. Uh oh. You do a shot every time they say Chief Brody, every time they say Shark, and every time you see water. Every time you see water. Yeah. So that's I... kind of a cheat, though. Well, that's just that's just like saying I'm just going to drink. Well, that's why that's why I converted that one to beer. It's like you have to like take like a nice like sip every time. Do you guys know about the um, uh, Shark Week drinking game? I'm ready. Every time you hear the phrase shark bite or majestic, you take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> well, the, what was it? There was another one. Oh, the one I, I've only heard about, I haven't tried it yet, is uh, the one for the Big Lebowski. It's uh, you drink a, a white Russian every time he drinks a white Russian. You smoke a joint every time he smokes a joint. You do a shot every time they say... Uh, dude? That wasn't dude. It was something else that they say. I think it was like... Man? Who's the Who's the guy that has a heart attack? Oh, that's um um oh, oh the, the character's name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shut up! Keep, keep, oh, damn it! Oh, I, I'm embarrassed now. I am embarrassed that I can't think of his name. It's been a while. It's been a rough year, folks. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. That's yeah, all I Steve know. Buscemi's character. What the hell was his? Oh, oh that hurts. I remember Jesus. Excuse of course. Yeah, Jesus. Do not fuck with the Jesus man. Well, who was a well? This one maybe this will you could redeem yourself. What was the name of the guy that actually says the dude abides and he's in the Ghost Rider movie? Nicholas Cage? No, <laughs> no, this is. Oh no, that's uh, that's yeah, the um, Lebowski. You're talking about the old guy, yeah, right? The old, that's that's the um, uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Okay, you well, redeemed yourself. See, it doesn't matter you if you can't remember Steve Buscemi's character's name. It really does because he says it a lot. Uh, and by the way, when I was on the show last, you, you shared your iCarly drinking game. And then uh, about a month or so later, I actually ended up watching half it. I'm not going to tell you how, but I ended up watching half an episode of iCarly. And disturbingly enough, that came right back in my head immediately. And I, I it, it just haunts me to this day. I, will I never ruined forget that, that show for people. I'm sorry. You I actually really made it a bit more enjoyable for me in some ways, but, but not, not in any positive way. Yeah, because they're always telling Steve Buscemi to shut up. Right. Oh. oh, don't look it up. It's I wa- cheating. I want to say Lottie don't is his name. Don't look it up. Uh, I, I want to say Lottie, but I don't know. No, it's... I am the walrus. I think it's Ronnie. I am the walrus. It's Ronnie or Donnie or something. Like, Donnie. Shut, shut up, Donnie. Donnie. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> That's it, Donnie. Ilian Unas Lenin. 
Yep. <laughs> Theodore Donald Karabat. What the fuck is that last name? I actually name? gave him a last name. I love that. You got to love the Cullen brothers. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I got to say, one of my favorite movie scenes altogether is in The Big Lebowski when John Goodman bites out that guy's like, jugular. Like, he bites, well, he him in the, bites off his ear. Bites off his ear? Was it his yeah, ear? During the fight at the it's end? Been, he bites been, his ear yeah, off. When they're, it's fight, been, when they're fighting the Nihilists. It's yeah. been three years since I've seen that movie. No, I mean, it's one of those movies you see it so many times and you stop because you know it by heart, but you forget, you know, it all kind of blends so, in. I've only well, watched you know that whole film is a remake of the Maltese Falcon. Did not know that. Yeah, what? watch it. Watch it. I, I've never read this anywhere. But you know, being a movie person, you watch the movie. It's a remake of the Maltese Falcon. Shit. And the Maltese Falcon is uh, Bonnie, or the the wife, the missing wife. She's the Falcon. Mm. Shit. My my favorite my favorite part of the film is actually not in the film. It's the uh, the television broadcast version where they dub over uh, J- uh, John Goodman's voice when he's when he's smashing the car up. <laughs> You, you know, you know. So instead of this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the asses, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> it's like the censored version of uh, Snakes on a Plane on TV. <laughs> you ever watch that? I think I caught a bit of that. Uh, well, here's a story for you, I guess. Um, I went to a show actually before I played in a band, Romance at Gunpoint. Before I was in the band, I used to be one of their fans because I'm good friends with the drummer. And my friend and I went to the show, and our job was to start a mosh pit. I swear to God, this relates. <laughs> um, and my friend decides, he goes out to his car, and he chugs two monsters, like, within, like, three minutes flat, just, like, chugs them. And this kid is going ape shit, and, like, no one wants to mosh. And he goes, I'm going to do a backflip, I'm going to do a backflip. You want to watch me? I'm going to do a backflip. You want to do a backflip? I'm going to do a backflip. And he's going off. I went, Adam, fucking do it. And all of a sudden, someone's tapping me at the shoulder. They're, they're signaling me. And I'm like, what happened? I walk over, and my friend dislocated his arm. Because he backflipped and he landed wrong and he you know, dislocated his arm. So I then had to drive him to the Allentown ER. This is right when the, not swine, what was it? Uh, what was that? The swine flu? The swine flu. Yeah. Swine so, is that the one that, that really affected children and like every kid under two was at the hospital for like a day? That could be it, yeah. yeah. Well, that it was right when this was happening. <laughs> and uh, so we walk in and it's us versus... Ten families of children that are crying because they think they have this flu. And my friend's sitting there freaking out. Now, I get left in the ER for an hour. On one TV, I have snakes on a plane censored on FX. But better yet, on this TV over here, I have snakes on a plane on FX in Spanish. (laughs) Both ears. And this was freaky for me. This, on snakes on a plane. <laughs> this isn't. Uh, this isn't me trying to sound racist, but I was shocked by the amount of black people that were speaking Spanish in this <laughs> ER. Because, like, as I said, there were ten families. Six of them were black, and five of those black families were speaking fluent Spanish to each other. And I went, I am just SOL right now. I have the whitest guy in the room. I don't know a single word of Spanish besides gato, because I have four of them at home. And like, and, and, and you I'm sitting there. Huh? You have goats? Cats. Oh, I don't El gato meow meow, kitty. <laughs> Although I'm going to have a dog after this, but God, I hope my mom's not missing, listening. <laughs> that was a kind of slip up. <laughs> Fucking snakes on a plane. <laughs> God damn. You didn't get any of them to translate the snakes on a plane in Spanish for you? What was that? You didn't get any of them to translate snakes on a plane in Spanish for you? I was afraid to talk to them. <laughs> Wait, so you never got to explaining what happens in the in the censored version of Snakes on a Plane. I'm curious to whether or not Snakes on a Plane in Spanish is censored. Probably not. That's because <laughs> what what's the Spanish equivalent? If anybody knows what the Spanish equivalent is of, uh, 
I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. The only thing I can say in Spanish is cocaine is not good for you. And and, and how did you how did you learn that? Um, there is a Death from Above 1979 song called Dead Womb, which is about girls doing cocaine at the club and how no man would want to sleep with a woman with cocaine in her womb, which is actually a really, 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 really chauvinist statement to make and kind of weird, and it really doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so this girl I know who does way too much ketamine, yeah, you, Hi! would always walk around humming it. So, la cocarina es no bueno para tu. Did you load I, it? I got it. I actually, this is a, this is a nice preview for everyone. If you're wondering what snakes on a plane sounded like on FX that day that I was in the ER, here you go. Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Everybody strap in. What was that money flying? Yeah, Mon- it's a, it was a monkey flipping snakes on this money flying plane. They couldn't even use monkey flipping twice. No, that's what I was going to say. They couldn't just do monkey flipping twice. Monkey flipping snakes on this monkey flipping bird. I thought it would have been offensive because he's saying monkey and he's black. You know, like I thought they would have been like, that's racist. But they didn't. Now I'm the racist. Well, I hate to inform you of this, but so um, my dad watches Dancing with the Stars because. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I don't understand. I think it's an abu- I think it's like an over fifty five thing. I don't I don't get it. No, apparently everybody's watching this damn thing. Don't 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 take it personally. Don't take it hard. It's just you know, it, it's <laughs> sweeping the nation. Well, anyway, so they had that CeeLo Green song "Fuck You" on there, and I don't think that the people who censored it understood something. <laughs> Fuck and forget have a different number of syllables. So it doesn't actually match up with the song. So the entire time they're dancing, the song isn't actually working with the lyrics. Like there's like it's actually like the words are off time with the song because the censored version has too many syllables in the word they inserted. So the entire time I'm watching this, I'm desperately trying not to stare at this post Disney star's ass and the entire time I'm just listening to this off tempo song and I'm like this post this I used to be on Disney Channel I guess 18 something or other girl is kind of turning me on. But at the same time, I'm listening to this really strange version of CeeLo Green. It was just the weirdest fucking thing. Like, I don't think, I just don't think they understood the mechanics of how the English language works. Which leads me to believe that the entire, that the entire company that runs ABC or whatever is probably run by Mexicans. Could be, yeah. And or Ben's dad. I got, I got to commend you, though, for picking up Spanish, listening to music. I, I, I spent two years as a Mexican wrestler, and I still don't know a word of Spanish. I just didn't pick it. It was, you know, it was accidental, too, so I didn't even realize what I was doing for the first year or so. Meth is a hell of a drug. Lucho libre. Well, you know, you get on the wrong bus. Next thing you know, they're passing out masks. You know, I just it, after the first couple of weeks, then you realize this isn't summer camp, and it's all downhill from there. You know, then you, you, then you sign the contract. You've got to fight. Free burritos for life, man. Well, Free that, burritos. That was one of the perks, yeah. Definitely. Well, that was um, bus pe- tricking people. There, there was a bus of uh, what's it called? Uh, not communist, commune starters. I guess is the word. Uh, it's slight different. Slight different. Yeah, you know, like co- commune people. They were going to Grateful Dead shows. Well, well technically, they are communists. Then yeah, they're, they're communists. Just... <laughs> it's not the you know the the, the that communist. <laughs> um, they were going to uh, the Grateful Dead got together like two years ago. The Under the Dead. They're going to these concerts with buses, 
and they were getting all these people tripping on psychedelics and stuff onto their bus, and then they were, like, preaching God to them and, like, basically kidnapping these people. Now, eventually, you know, morning would come, these people would sober up, and they'd say, hey, where am I? I'm getting out of here. But one of my friends was one of the unlucky people to actually get out of that bus because they thought it was their bus, like, you know, they were just, bu- they were busing people into these concerts, you know, like, my friend gets on the bus with his girlfriend, and hears someone say, God bless you, like, six times, and no one sneezed. And then all of a sudden, that's when he realized <laughs> something was up, and he turned to his girlfriend, and he was like, we got, we, we got to go. And she's like, why? He's like, we just, we, we have to go. And they're trying to go off the bus, and the person's, like, getting in their face, like, no, no, stay, the party's just getting started. He goes, you don't have any alcohol, you don't have any drugs, and you keep talking about God. Get the fuck out of my way! <laughs> It was just, I remember him telling me the story, and I was like, you know, like, what that, actually, they weren't even a commune. That was a church. That particular bus was a church. I heard about another one. Another bus was a commune. But um, I said to my friend, I'm like, so the church is now using Charles Manson's method of getting people to join them. <laughs> fill up, people fill up with acid, be like, you want to do this? Sure! At least, you know, at least the church is, is lax, you know, laxening on its, its uh, view of drugs. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that actually really makes you realize how much damage you could do if you just bought a bus and just showed up at events and started picking people up. Oh yeah, people, yeah, you you just imagine that you could just drive up anywhere and just open the doors. People are going to get on, drive away, and month hey. later just pull up somewhere else. Hey, think about my baby mama. <laughs> All right, we're going to play a quick song, and then it'll probably be a zone out moment after that. Stick around. I figure a creepy song for, you know, because we're talking about horror movies and stuff, so why the fuck not?
Ha ha! Poo jokes. So it's one fifty-eight, which means I have a minute to kill before the zone out moment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then making a phone call to an animal shelter. Gotta hope my mom's not listening. <laughs> I think she has better things to do than listen to me today. But she probably, I don't know. That's an understatement. Overstatement. Understatement. <clears throat> yes, yes. Once again, Wilson in the studio. <clears throat> Scott. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> no, I say Scott. You say Wilson. I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, that should be your. That should be your radio campaign. There you go. Yeah, I could use that. Yeah. Well, uh, you can well, be my spokesperson. Well, that's the thing. This show's been trying to find sponsors, but no one in their right mind wants to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we just made a bunch of pedophile drug references, and we're making jokes about rape. Here's a sponsor. <laughs> a word from our sponsor. It's like, fuck. <laughs> I was just sexually assaulted by your son, and you played a song about eating guacamole off of Obama's cock. I would like to sponsor your program. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you know, we, uh, we're, I guess we're the, no, nah, we're not the Howard Stern of Homegrown. That's still Ralph Drake. Have you ever listened to Ralph's show? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, he's, um, well, this is nothing new to the listeners, but guess what? You have to listen. Um. He's my father of the radio, as I call it, because uh, Kate, she has a show on uh, thir- on Fridays, uh, 11, a- 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, the radio kiosk. She plays a lot of random music, good random music, and has interviews with multiple people. Uh, she's the one that got me in here. She trained me. She showed me the ropes, got me comfortable. Ralph brought me in his show by accident. I went to f- sit in with some guy's Beatles show, um, Carl. I don't know when his shows are, though, because uh, Carl keeps changing hours last time I checked. No, he's on Monday still until 9.30. It's like 7 to 9.30. But um, he brought me on his Beatles show because he thought I was a big Beatles fan, but I was just trying to get more hours. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that knows me personally knows how I feel about the Beatles. Um, Uh-oh. But uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into that right now. After the Beatles show, though, Ralph came in. And Ralph comes in, and he's just singing these songs, like vulgar songs. And he grabs the mic from Carl at one point, and he's like, fuck, fuck, shit, fuck! Like, he's like, he's like screaming, and I'm like, man, this this guy. And, um, you know, uh, uh, he comes back in, and he goes, uh, oh, you're in training. Do you want to stay for my show? And, you know, he, he, he calmed down a little. I was like, yeah, sure. And this guy just, like, he sets the standards for homegrown radio with the shit he says and does. <laughs> it's just uh, so as I said, he he he's Kate molded me, but uh, Ralph came along and told me to be as vulgar as I can. So every show is a dedication to Ralph because so, so they, they encourage your behavior. Basically, he encourages my behavior. <laughs> <laughs> no one else here really does. Like I'll, I'll play a song where it's just you know like the word fuck for five hours, and everyone's like, ah, I get a little testy here, and then Ralph goes, Where can I download that? <laughs> Like, he's given me material. I've given him material. I really miss visiting him on Mondays. It's just I get up so early on Tuesdays that I'm like, because yeah, this show is 930 to midnight, so it's like, you know, drive. Oh, it's after two. We can do the zone out moment thing. Uh, it's time for you, that listener. <coughs> Did you get that? All right. It's time for you, the listener, to get to a comfortable position. Maybe it's on the couch. Maybe it's on the chair. Maybe it's on the floor. Maybe it's on the beanbag chair. Maybe it's... Well, it's nice out. Maybe maybe you're laying in the grass. 
Now, what you do is, after you get comfortable, is find a piece of hardware. Maybe it's glass, maybe it's a piece of plastic, maybe it's a piece of paper, maybe it's a piece of wood. And I want you to take this hardware, and I want you to pack it with flavored tobacco of your choice. And then I want you to pleasantly inhale the, uh, the flavored tobacco and... Zone out. an Eskimo Frozen wind began to blow Under my boots and around my toes Frost that bit the ground below Degrees below zero. And my mama cried. And my mama cried. Save your money, don't go to the show. said the pants are coming off very slowly but surely oh dear god it's getting a little hot in here i think but uh and being a hot pocket is delicious it's probably full of mechanically separated chicken just like a slim jim but my heart goes out to that chicken that chicken's heart is going out to me apparently it's a lovely day here and just so you know if you're keeping up the date the kennel wasn't open when i called very sad. I want a dog. God damn it. I want a dog. <laughs> what happened? I want a dog. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> yes. There you are, Wilson. I forgot. There's something else I have to plug. Plug Sh- it! Shamelessly, whorishly. Uh, they're up in, uh, oh, where is that? Oh, not Union. Um, hmm, I'll have to pause for a second. Uh, oh, it's 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 uh, that place in Jersey. You know the place, right? Oh, dude, the place with the grass. That, yeah, the 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 garden place, Madison Square Garden. Which I forgot which exit. Oh, I'm drawing a blank today. I'm gonna pass on that till I remember the details of it. That happens. Yeah. Um, is the place with the oxygen? What am, what, am what is my, what is my, I'm zoning out too much Atlantean uh, um, astrology for me today. 
<laughs> I was a little confused there. You're, you're an eight of diamonds, sir. But the thing I is, see I, your I, eyes. I thought he meant the birthday of the show, not my birthday. My birthday's April. <laughs> I, I misheard. <laughs> <laughs> I misheard that. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, the microphone's closer. Yeah, you have to get up and face the microphone. microphone. Little bit. It was a long break here, folks. Now I know why the microphone was so low. (laughs) That's what she said. People could reach it. All right. Well, uh, while you find out that information, I found something kind of uh, what's Uh it called? Uh, Let's see. Yes. Details came out that if Kurt Cobain. Well, if, not if. Kurt Cobain was supposed to be in Pulp Fiction. Really? As. Wait, 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 wait. Eric Stoltz's part. They were, they were going to put Kurt Cobain as a drug dealer. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Well, accurate, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm wondering yeah, how his manager would, would go for something like that. Well, according to this article, Courtney Love and Dave Grohl have now both confirmed this. They've been say, cause, uh, I guess oh, well, because Courtney Love, I trust her opinion totally. Well, that's what I'm saying. Courtney Love's been saying it for years, but now Dave Grohl said so everyone's like, oh, it must be true. Because <laughs> uh, um, I guess on the back of In Utero, it says, thank you, Quentin Tarantino. And everyone was like, well, is it? well that's why. Yes. Broken English. It's a wonderful thing. I am losing my mind right now. I cannot. You can't this. find out what it's called. I, I can't remember the town it's in. And I, 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 oh wow! Facebook invite. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Yeah, my, my Facebook here. We're, we're all. You know, I remember when I used to memorize phone numbers, and now if, if my phone dies, I'm screwed. I'm just like gonna curl up in a fetal position. I can only remember one number. That's mine. And that's half the time. Oh, it's it's a North North Jersey oh. town. Hackett's town. They got the blue laws up there. The blue laws. Yeah, it's the only town in Jersey that still has like a strict blue law. You cannot sell anything on Sunday. I didn't know the. I, only, I didn't know what a blue law was until you said it just now. <laughs> I'm like, what is a blue law? I'd be like, is that like a funny thing for a cop? You know, get your blue uniform or law. But I, mean, I was to say they're everywhere, bud. <laughs> they're listening right now, you fuckers. Wow. If if my if my podcast co-host Joey would call in, he could remind me, and we could plug the event together. That would be so wonderful if Joey would just call right now. Nine zero eight three six two six six two two. Oh, there's the correct number. I was given the wrong number too. <laughs> wow, he's probably been calling this whole time. Like some like old lady keeps picking the phone. Going, Hello. Like guess homegrown radio. No. Actually, it's not my fault I gave the wrong number. It's Homegrown's fault for putting this giant board up that says Homegrown Radio New Jersey, then a bunch of information that I don't care about, and then a number. And I was like, hey, this is probably... Is that him now because the phone's flashing? Oh, I thought I was having a seizure. (laughs) There he is. Wilson. The, like how I address you as Wilson. <laughs> you still do. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Joey, are you there? I am here. You, uh, where's here? 
Uh, I am in my work van because it is the only place that is private. <laughs> does your work van have windows? It does. Oh, that's not, that's not a work van. I don't know what you're talking about. What kind of work you get done back there? I got lots of work done over here. You listening in, Joey? Uh, well, I am at work, so no. no. Well, I was just talking about you because, as usual, with our podcast where I can't think of stuff and you have to fill in the gaps of my knowledge, uh, where I have the opinions and you have the facts, I forgot the town that Books New Jersey is taking place in. It's Paramus. Paramus, thank you. I knew it was a, a town in Jersey. Yeah, Paramus, uh, June 12th. Uh, there's Paramus, New Jersey, the uh, the books, the library there. They're holding a huge event, over 100 authors, and I will be in attendance. That's correct. I, I, here I am, one of the moderators, yet again. Oh, yeah, with, with the, the odd man out panel. They have panels for books, but apparently 95% of the authors do either mysteries, children books, or historical slash biography. Then there's four or five of us that do odd stuff, so they just put us all together on a table and call it weirdness or something. It's uh, actually, I was told yesterday what the panel was called. It's yes. something along the lines of uh, from the beyond and weird or, uh, or extraordinary. Beyond, yeah, it was beyond something, beyond weird, beyond normal. Wait, so they've like sequestered all like the people who write interesting things in like some sort of a strange leper colony? Is that what I'm getting? Well, no, at? no, they have panel panels of authors that discuss certain topics like uh, e-books or how to write a good mystery or publishers. Then they get me. Uh, the guy that wrote uh, writes bio, uh, histor historical books about New Jersey towns, the guy who wrote about the president's vampire, and then a woman that does uh, vampire romance novels, which I'm probably wrong. It's probably not exactly like that. And they just put us all together in one table. So here, just talk about weird stuff. Because you know, it's so esoteric. Esoteric. You like the big words, don't you? Yeah, I'm a writer. I'm, I, I, I get a genre, you know. Joey. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I turned down the volume. <laughs> oh, uh, I could hear ourselves, and then I was like, "All right, we can't hear him now." That's right. This is why we have headphones. I just don't know how to. I, I didn't hook them up yet. So, Joey, I gotta ask you. I, I haven't talked to you. Have you heard about this new uh, Pedro Aldamovar Aldamovar film? <laughs> this, the, the skin I'm in. Say that again. Please. The, the skin I am in. That Pedro film, Aldamovar. Have you heard about it? I don't think so. Dude, this, they, they showed it at Cannes, and people walked out because it was so disgusting, like uh, brutally violent. Really? Here, here's the basic plot for you, and there might be plot spoilers here, so don't listen. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, not Armando Sante, the other one. Um, from uh, Dust Till Dawn. Not Dust Till Dawn. God damn it. What is it. I'm losing my mind. Give me a goddamn actor. Give, give, yeah, the actor. You know, what's Where? his name? Uh, and, oh, and jo Antonio Benedetis. Antonio Benedetis is uh, his his daughter is raped. What? Desperado. Yeah, but that's yeah that's, that's him. But he's okay. in this movie, The Skin I'm In. Uh, I think it's called The Skin I'm In, and he plays a guy whose daughter is raped, and though she says so, she commits suicide. He, okay. He hunts down the rape. This is gonna this goes right with our we're gonna do a rape episode on, on movies like and rape scenes. What? Sounds like a real upbeat film. It, it gets better. He tracks down the rapist, kidnaps him. Gives him a sex change operation, turns him into a woman, gives him his daughter's face, then rapes him. <laughs> can, can I get an advanced copy of this? This sounds amazing. This is like the best rape movie ever. <laughs> this totally oh, beats out irreversible. The rape scene should be done to the song Hush. <laughs> oh, the Deep Purple song? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hush, hush. 
God. They've got people walking out of the theater in disgust. This, What's dude, wrong with They don't know what they're talking about. Oh, well, well it, it has to be Hush and Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon by Neil Diamond. There you like, go. Right as, the, right as the sex change operation's done and he puts his daughter's face on the guy, like, it has to come out. So this is how you do that scene. And when the rape starts, and it's real, and it's angry, you start with Hush. And then when the, uh, the guy that gets the sex change starts to like it, you move into... <laughs> Diamond song. <laughs> this is true. What about Rape Me? Oh, by Nirvana? <laughs> that Nirvana song actually, uh, from what I understand, isn't actually about rape. Really? I've heard too, yeah. No, it's, um, it's almost like... It's about school busing. School busing. Um, <laughs> so, Joey, that's official because of this movie. Uh, the, the, we're in the next month or so. We will record the rape episode of Movie Sucktastic, and it'll all lead up to this uh, Pedro Aldemar film. Good. We got to do it now. We've been talking about doing a rape episode because we did the penis episode. Yeah. And that was our Valentine's Day episode. Valentine's Day special, which is uh, episode eleven of our show, is the uh, penis episode. Was, we trick everyone. We trick everyone and call it the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> We just put yeah, every, with penis. It was every film we've ever seen that had full frontal male nudity. It was just, we're sharing our, our, our lifetime of uh, mental scarring. That's right. And, and now we can do our rape episode. So uh, Watchmen was in that, right? Actually, we recorded that. Uh, doesn't count. Watchmen was released. Yeah, it doesn't count because it was a digital it penis. It was a digital right. penis. It still scarred me. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't a real penis. We're talking, you know, we're talking like uh, uh, um, Pierce. Right, but full above the national average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but mine goes all the way down to my kneecaps when I put weights on it. I don't know about you guys, but mine's also blue, so I thought it was the most accurate movie ever. Blue Waffle! <laughs> Dude, how was Hobo with a shotgun? What's that? How was Hobo with a shotgun? It was very good, actually. I, uh... It, it definitely went for, uh, you could absolutely tell everyone involved in that film was a fan of uh, trauma films. Trauma. Uh, Avenger, yeah. trauma. Uh, you could tell that they were, they were fans. Uh, that, with that said, you get a guy like Rutger Hauer, who is just a natural-born actor, and you could literally put him in just about anything, and he'll turn out a good performance. Uh, which, <laughs> I have to disagree there, sir. Well, come on, we're, are we talking about uh, Split Second here? <laughs> yes, yeah, Split Second's not the worst thing he's done either. What about the, uh, the Osterman Weekend? You're forgetting the Osterman Weekend. How old is that movie, though? Uh, that's, that's a Peckinpah film. We're talking uh, early 80s. Yeah, come on. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I, see, I hear that. I see that. That's the beginning of his career. No, no, that's not the beginning of his career. That's, he's he breaking. Was, and Go ahead, sir. I keep talking. I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I'm just saying the, the film like The Osman Weekend, which is you know 30 plus years old. Uh, he's just breaking in. I don't know. I, I just don't see that. As, yes, you can count it as a bad film for him, but I don't know. Well, it's, it's no flesh and blood. That was actually on a few days ago. Oh, move, move. So, good movie. Oh, and there's there's another rape rape scene film for us. Yeah, but she ends up, like, wanting that scene. But it starts off as a rape, so it counts no, as a rape. No, the guys want to rape her, and she says, no, only Rucker Howard can rape me. 
It's, it's still technically rape. I mean... Uh, technically, it's rape. It's <laughs> only rape if they wake up. There you go. And, and it's, it's, a yes. gang, it's technically a gang rape, too, because they lift her up and move her for him. Right, and that's one of the only films uh, where you see full frontal female nudity mm-hmm. uh, from that angle, too. So you actually see, uh, you know, her whole genitalia. Am, am I, am I, I haven't seen it in a while. Am I mistaken? Doesn't he, like, like wipe her virginal blood on his coat or something? Uh, yes, he gets it on his hands. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the movie is this? I'm a little confused. I came in at the wrong part of the conversation. <laughs> I went over the other side of the room to cook a Hot Pocket. Now I come back to this. It's probably one of the best medieval films, to, uh, medieval, medieval time period films to come out of that, uh, what was it, late 80s? And it's Paul Verhoeven, too. It's Verhoeven, right. Yeah. Oh, Hogan's in it? How to do up at, you know, like, uh... After Robocop, Robo- before Robocop, right? That was 84. So, yes. Robocop was 87. Yeah, the guy the guy that directed Robocop directed this. is called Flesh and Blood. And then he did Total Recall in 90. So, yes. I love Total Recall. Then he, then he, did, then he did fucking Hollow Man, and that's the end of it. Hollow Man, the one with Kevin Bacon? Yes. The coolest part of that, that movie... That narrows it down, doesn't it? Wasn't that the one with Kevin Bacon? He's only been in every third fucking film ever. <laughs> yeah, he did Hollow Man in 96, and then he did Starship Troopers in 97. <laughs> That's like saying, like, is that the one? That's that's the film that was in color, right? That's the. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just remember Hollow Man because the coolest part of that movie is the part where he's invisible, groping that girl. Cause it's like, oh, pinch is that nipple, what I, invisible pinch nipple. Right? Is, is that what it looks like when I'm doing it? Except I'm not doing it. That's the only reason they made that film, just just to prove that if you if you're turned invisible, you become a rapist. <laughs> what else yeah, would you do? Uh, the good old nipple tweak. Well, I mean, if I, I don't know. That man. was more than a tweak, sir. If I, I don't know, if I was invisible, I would, well, I mean, that would probably be on my list, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I would be that guy that, uh, how do I word this? That's always a bad sign. I could, I, you know how many free movies you could see? Oh, sure, yeah. You know how many free concerts you could see? How much you can get into a strip club, VIP yeah. room. I would free. find every woman who thinks that it's okay to put their child on that weird, like, backpack leash thing. And just smack her relentlessly. <laughs> Tell about the Bobby saw the other day. Why did you call me the other day? What did oh, you yeah. see? I called because um, uh, I'm outside of the shop, right, right, and it's raining like a motherfucker. And I see this um, this woman of obviously Hispanic origin, and she uh, obviously at, she looks out at the rain. She looks back at her two kids. Looks out at the rain. Looks back at her two kids, and then places a plastic shopping bag over one of her children. <laughs> <laughs> over the head of one of her children to quote unquote keep it from the rain. And my only question was, she didn't put a bag over the other kid's head. So what? What? I feel like she was like, and this is the one I'm keeping, <laughs> and you, you get the rain. And now, then she just pushed him out into the parking lot, like that was the thing to do. Not only does it keep the kid dry, but they they go to sleep a lot quicker that way too. That kid. Well, the one kid that didn't get the bag, the protection. You know that kid's gonna grow up with resentment. He's gonna be like, why the hell didn't? I, why the hell would I have to get rained on? The other kid's like, he's gonna have resentment for shoprite bags. He's gonna go to shoprite bag paper, 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 paper. Then you know, the newbie's gonna put his groceries in a plastic bag. He's gonna sucker punch a fifteen-year-old. That's it, paper. Did she poke any holes in that bag? At least there was not. A, she didn't poke a hole in it. She just placed it over his head, like. Like kind of like how you put like a hat on a kid who doesn't really want to wear his hat, but he has to wear the hat because it's sunny outside. It was that kind of deal, except with a plastic bag. He was like, "I don't want it." And the mommy's like, "It's gonna keep you safe." 
You should have stuck around to see if she came back like half an hour later wheeling the kid in the cart like slumped over the side. Put a rubber band around his head just for the hell of it. <laughs> it's a lot better than my parents used to do. My parents would say, hey, you need to stay out of the rain, and they would throw me in the trunk, and then they'd forget I was there for a week. My father would just tell me that I'm not going to melt, okay? Just get the fuck outside. <laughs> and he was wrong Did about you just that. fucking curse on air? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, I miss Tourette's guy so much. Uh, Please tell me you've seen Tourette's guy, either of you. You can't do shit no. without your dick. Do you, uh, wait, what's his name? Joey. Joe, have you seen Tourette's guy? Have I seen what? Tourette's guy, the guy on the internet. Oh, yeah, I've seen that guy, sure. Okay, no, I'm making sure you got it. Joey's more hip than me. No, 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 it doesn't matter, Tourette's guy's dead now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually got in a car accident and died a week later of complications in his sleep. But um, he had these videos on the internet where he just curses and rants and... Uh, infamous one-liners. doesn't know shit. What? My grandmother, she don't know how to cook chili, but she don't know shit about chili. You can't do shit without your dick. <laughs> Pissing out the window and shitting out the window are two different things. There you go. Prime examples. We might have to play some on air after this phone call. People that are tuning in are going to be like, what the fuck? I used to have him as my ringtone. It was every time he said fuck, like all the different versions. So I'd be at 7-Eleven, and I'd be like, oh, here's your change. And as I'm changing, you hear the background, fuck, 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 fuck you, fuck. <laughs> the customers were like, look around, where's that coming from? I'm like, this damn rap music, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> because the owner of the store would have on, like, this, like, radio station that played, like, you know, Britney Spears and Vinny said. So if the ringtone was gone, you hear this radio shit. Keep going with everything. That's right. What else is on tap movie-wise, Joey? What's going on? Not much, man. I'm just, uh, I broke away from, uh, from my work to give you guys a call. Well, and... let's, let's get back to it? No, no, no I got a few minutes. What I are you told coming up here? I just told him that I had to make a phone call and I needed privacy. So. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. We're all, we're all friends here. They don't need to know that it's not for work. It is for work. It's advertising your work outside of work. That's right. That's right. What you do I, is a lifestyle. I don't know if you know this, Scott, but I just actually found this out myself yesterday that it is the 40th anniversary of A Clockwork Orange. Really? Yeah, they actually showed a, uh, a screening of it last night at the uh, Museum of Modern Art last night. Spe <laughs> speaking of rape scenes. Speaking of rape scenes. And Malcolm McDowell was actually there to promote it, too. Yeah, he's always been behind that film. Come Ronald on, McDonald was there. Well, as, as Malcolm McDowell said, we finally got uh, appreciated. That's what he said yesterday. Oh, uh, well, you, as you know, I was taking that literature and film class, and I had all these uh, online students that just, just appalled at the violence of the movie. You know what? You know what was interesting? Malcolm McDowell, he actually he said that 40 years ago, people were appalled by the violence and, and the language. He says nowadays it's a comedy. Yeah, it's very tame like, by today's standards. And I, I, can't and just, I can't disagree with them. No. In a lot of ways, it's a black comedy. Yeah, but then I, I'm, I'm in this class with these people who apparently have never watched movies until this class, and they're just appalled that there was so much cursing in it and violence. And But these are the same people that thought Citizen Kane would have been better if it was in color. I, I, I'll refrain. Who the fuck would say that Citizen Kane is able to be in color? <laughs> I'm cheering on something hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I'll refrain from uh, the intelligence of the people in your class. Well, I don't want you know. I don't want to call people stupid. Not, they weren't stupid people. They're just like not into films enough to appreciate that. Just because the movie's in black and white doesn't make it boring. Uh, you know. I mean, you know what's bad when I'm in a class and, and we're talking about uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and I'm not a fan of yeah. Spike Lee, but I'm defending the film to all these people who don't understand it. Well, that's just ignorance that it's best, I think. Well, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, it's not, we're not talking Avatar here, you know. It's, that's ignorance. Well, I'm sure they all loved Avatar. Oh, I didn't even bring it up. I was afraid to. You know, you know what's bad when your professor comes up to you and goes, do you ever get frustrated in this class? <laughs> More than you know, sir. You, you want to teach some night? Uh, you can. Uh, I'll, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays you can teach. Yeah, I should not be teaching uh, film to these people. No, you don't have the patience, I don't think. I, I think I have the patience for teaching, but, but not film to these people. No, you have the patience, but not for idiots. Yeah, no, that, 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 that could be proven. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like... Just, Is that right, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God. God. I'm not gonna lie to you. This is uh, I'm gonna get shot for this, but I've never actually seen Clockwork Orange all the way through. I don't blame you. I mean, I, well, it's honestly, a, it's I, I've never been a huge fan of it. I, I watched it for this class, and I did more a little bit more research than I ever did before. I appreciate it as as a, as a, a film, mm -hmm. but. I'll never go back and watch it again just for fun. Well, I, it's not that it was, like, by a choice. It was just, like, I was at someone's house, and I walked in on the middle of it, and then we left shortly afterwards, so it was, like, you know, I didn't really see. Well, it's also one of those films that you hear about so much that you really know the film before you ever see it, so. For the most part. I, like, I'm just interested to see the milk bar. Yeah. It's almost like that uh, the Warriors, where the hell it is. I have to agree with Scott with the fact that, you know, I've seen it, uh, but it's not one of those films that I'll go back and continue to watch over the years, but I do feel compelled to own it for some reason. Well, yeah, it's like Catcher in the Rye. You have to have at least one copy on you at all times. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it definitely comes with that, where it's it's modern-day art, but, you know, for film. You know, Kubrick, you know, although people may like him, not like him, if you just break him down to the just very essence of Kubrick, it, he was a brilliant director. Yeah, and he's the best kind of brilliant director because he always manages to piss somebody off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, you didn't watch Friday the 13th Part 9, did you? Not recently. I may have to challenge you to that. Why would I do that? Because I'm trying to watch them all, and you can't skip. Nine is uh, Jason Goes to Hell, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, you know what, where I, I did watch the opening of the film, the first ten minutes or so. That was the best part. I just I couldn't, I couldn't continue to watch it, let's put it that way. Well, I mean, as soon as Ossie Davis starts chowing down on Jason's heart, it's just, just turn it off. Just stop right there. <laughs> did you expect it to be a believable story? No, but, but dude, dude I, I can't even begin. I can't even begin. I was telling them earlier, this film slaps you in the face with its dick repeatedly as you're watching it. I think one of my favorite favorite movie goofs is the girl in the bathrobe running around, uh, running around um, the forest. One shot you see her barefoot, and then the next shot she's wearing boots. Well, and then it goes back to barefoot, and then back to boots. Well, you wanted to run barefoot? It's dangerous. Well, if they wanted her to run uh, in boots, they should have started the scene in goddamn boots. Well, why would she be wearing boots and getting naked? Maybe she found the boots. Well, she's naked before she gets in the towel because she hears something and then realizes that's Jason. 
See, that, that, that bugs you. What bugs me is before that scene, we, wa- we spend literally two and a half minutes watching her change a light bulb. She's, the bulb goes out. We, she goes to get the light bulb. She gets the ladder. She, we, we go through all the steps of changing a light bulb. How many feminists does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Two. One to change the light bulb, one to cook me dinner. What was that, what was that other film? Uh, oh, that was... Where... Kevin Bacon in it? What? The one with Kevin Bacon in it? No, I don't think so. Which one? <laughs> Still Friday the 13th. There's another film that's very much like uh, everything is in detail about what they're doing. They're walking down the entire hallway. You watch the whole person walk down the hallway. Then they get to the end. Twilight. Or Twilight. <laughs> well, it's like any Roger Corman film. I mean... Oh, it was Heaven's Gate. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was that one scene where Chris Christopherson is carrying... Uh, oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Jeff Bridges. Hawken is carrying Chris uh, Christopher uh, Chris uh, Chris Christopherson, and you basically see him. You see him pick him up. He walks through the whorehouse, walks all the way down the hallway, opens the door, walks down another hallway, walks outside. It's like what the hell? <laughs> well, that Heaven's Gate is a special film all by itself, sir. And that's 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 the shortened cut. <laughs> I want to see the four-hour version. It's five and a half hour, five and a half hour cut. Yes. Shemito gave to United Artists before they pretty much, uh, they just hung their heads in, in, in shame. They wanted to fire him on the spot, but they knew they couldn't. They had to have, he had to finish the film. Oh, yeah. What's up? Um, have either of you gentlemen seen the American remake of Funny Games? No. I, I, Joe, you've seen it, right? Not. There, there's an incredibly, uh, just gruelingly long shot in that film. Well, you know, have you seen the original version? Yeah. Okay, now I, I, I remember the original version, I saw it once, and then that's it. I'm done. I'm good. It's an excellent film. And then I read an article, a review of the American one that said it's just as just as good as far as being just as brutal. So I haven't watched the American one yet because I don't know if I'm ready for watching Funny Games twice. It's also shot for shot, but um, the actor who plays um, uh, the main antagonist, I'm blanking on his name, he's He's in Boardwalk Empire with Steve Buscemi, but I'm just totally blanking on his name right now. His name is Michael Pitt. Yeah, Mike Pitt. This this is why Joey's with me on the podcast. Ah, that was brilliant, sir. Yeah. So he's like Michael the other Pitt half. is just like perfect. Like it's almost like he was born for this role. Right. So that jo- movie was actually made, I believe, in 2007, and has never seen any wide theatrical release. It was supposed to. It went limited and then just disappeared. So mm-hmm. I don't believe. You can even see it on cable uh, at all. I think it's, it went right to DVD uh, in its very limited theatrical release, and it's the kind Ameri- of a... The American public is not ready for funny games, sir. What's that? The American public is not ready for funny games. Oh, yeah, no, they're not ready. Especially the scene where they kill the kid. I mean, like, that's like... That, I mean, would, that, would, be, that would be a spoiler alert for... for <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not good with the spoiler alert shit. He just says oh, shit. Damn it. Yeah, thanks. To, I haven't seen any of the versions. Spoiler yeah. alert: the kid dies. But they, they got spoiler back alert: Blake won't be back next week. Oh. Spoiler alert for Avatar: it sucked. Spurs with wings. You know, and they did get A-list actors for the remake. It just didn't. It just didn't make it for whatever reason. I think it's definitely not tailored to an American audience. Jo- oh, by the way, Joey, have you seen the, the trailer for the new Muppet movie? Oh my god. For the new what movie? Muppet movie. 
Muppets. Yes, I have. It starts out like it's a love story, and then it says, what, there's did, Muppets? Did you see who's in it? Yeah, I've seen who's in it. Who's in it? What's his name? Uh, what? What's, yeah, the guy from I Love You, Man. Uh, Chris Siegel. Yes. I have a rule, and it's a very but, steadfast rule. But yeah. I like I like the chick, uh, Amy Adams. That's my I'll tell you that. Sir, I have a rule. If I've seen your penis four times in one film, you are not allowed to be in a Muppet movie. <laughs> That's a new rule? That's a steadfast rule. I've always said that. Well, come on, man. He was on Freaks and Geeks. How did you know that? I, I, I don't care if he's on Freaks and Geeks. If I had to see his penis four times in one movie... I didn't see that movie, apparently. No, you, no, you, you, you haven't, and, and you shouldn't. And then if I have to go through that, you should not be with Fozzie the Bear in, another, in a film. That's just well, not You know, right. he's not just in it. He's behind it. Even worse. Yeah, he's because uh, I've been hearing about this for a while. I actually went to see Pirates of the Caribbean on Sunday, and that was one of the trailers. And uh, it totally caught me off guard, too. You know, I really thought it was a love story. But um, uh, as soon as I saw him, it, like, it made sense. Cause I remember reading an article that Disney was buying, you know, the Muppets, basically, and that if there was a movie, he was going to basically produce and direct it and probably be in it. And I was just like, oh, here it is. I, I, I hate this guy. <laughs> He's such a strong word. You guys don't want to know what he does with the Muppets backstage, but believe me, they're not clean afterwards. Has, has anyone seen the new trailer for the uh, the Conan the Barbarian film yet? No. <laughs> I saw it, but I was drunk. <laughs> uh, well, if you got, you lucked out, sir. No, I, 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 I saw you posted it. I was at work, and I haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Oh, I made I, I made a shitload of posts uh, because I just happened to be on Dark Horizons. and Yeah, you had that up? You had Robot Jocks? Robot, yeah, Robot Jocks the remake. Real Steel. Great. Come on, you Jackman. Hardock, <laughs> he hasn't called yet for, Wol- uh, for Wolverine yet? Come on. Well, he had to fill in that time doing something waiting for, uh, you know, the, that Wolverine money. Jesus Christ. It, it, and they're going to try and make it a feel-good film. Because this robot is found in the in junk, and the kid brings uh, it back, uh, back to working order, and, and of course the only that can train it is Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman because of his old fighting moves. Oh shit! America loves an underdog robot boxing movie. Uh huh. Well, it's almost like you know, because you can't understand what a robot says, you can't understand what you know Stallone says. <laughs> Speaking of the Oshman weekend, I, di- I didn't see that trailer for the remake of Straw Dogs. How is it? It actually, it actually doesn't look bad. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look. I have mixed feelings I about that. Surprised. I was very surprised at how similar they, the films look. Is it at least modernized, how, how, how though? How they tried to make the remake feel very similar to the, to, to the original, whereas they're in a, you know, uh, in, in a country-ish town, uh, they have a, they're in a lock cabin, whereas in the original, it's just more of like a European type older house. Uh, it's a small town. Was it Ireland in, in the original? The original is yeah, I, I believe yes. Yeah, but is, uh, at least, is it at least modernized? Is it modern day? Yeah, it's like the, they, they show a picture of his wife uh, with a graduation picture. It says class of two thousand and one. So you okay. know it is modern day. All right, but it, it doesn't feel. It does it, from the trailer anyway. It doesn't feel like they're going to be pulling out iPods, uh, you know. Oh, like even like running, that? he's jogging with you know, like an iPod or uh, an MP3 player. But it doesn't look like the, he's going to try and run to his computer and you know look up on how kind of like um, Nightmare on Elm Street the remake. Yeah, 
Yeah, that kind of bullshit. So I never saw that. Don't bother. Actually, there's something I wanted to say to you, because yes. last time you were here, we had a nice conversation about Avatar, and I told you I never saw it. Oh, yes. Um, well, this is my little story of Avatar. <laughs> Yeah, I figure. Yeah, I heard. I heard you had feelings about Avatar too. Uh, so I figure, you know, I'll I'll tell you as well since you're on the phone. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, last time, uh, Mr. Wilson, the, you're, I could be destined to Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Fucking kids. Um, <laughs> last time, you know, uh, you know, fuck Avatar, Smurf swings, things. Mad Pam practice one day, and the guitarist doesn't show up. We can't go in the house because it's his parents' house. It's like, you know, whatever. Like, what are we supposed to do now? And the lead guitarist goes, well, I have Avatar and DVD, and there's a DVD player in my car, and I have cheap beer. Needless to say, I enjoyed Avatar, but that was after, like, five, five, yeah, probably five. I think it was Natty Ice. And it, I made a drinking game out of it myself. I said, I'm going to drink every time I want to turn this movie off. <laughs> About 45 minutes in, I'm, like, staggering my words. Turns out the guitarist was inside the whole time. I had to drive home, like, an hour later. I'm sitting in the car, like, going, all right, breathe. We can start it. <laughs> Oh, left. Avatar is the reason I almost got a DUI. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell that to Cameron. He don't care. I'll talk to Cameron and he's going to be like, you're not a 15-year-old hooker. <laughs> ah! <laughs> James Cameron, what the fuck were you thinking? James Cameron, come on. Smurfs meet the phone goalie? What was the trailer I posted the other day that had some sort of I forget what it is. I don't know if you watched any of the trailers I posted, Scott. Yes. It's a remake. It's a remake, and in the, in the remake, oh, what the? F- I can't remember. Forget it. I'll stop talking. It's Paramus. <laughs> it's Paramus. <Kevin> Bacon. <laughs> well, anyway, if anyone's watching Game of Thrones, no, uh, the new HBO show, the guy that plays called Drogo, which is uh, the main. Uh, they, they, he supposedly is going to go to war with uh, with Sean Bean's uh, uh, the, the, their kingdom. Yeah. He's been born in the Barbarian. Oh, he? I got the place called Drogo in Game of Thrones. Okay. I'm just saying he looks good as far as that character in Game of Thrones, but he looks retarded in, in Conan the Barbarian. Well, I think everything looks retarded about Conan the Barbarian. God, I, I remember the first time I saw Conan the Barbarian, and I was, I was honestly confused over whether it was an action or a comedy. <laughs> like, hold on, Schwarzenegger. Well, I was just like, I was looking at the the main bad guy, the guy who understands the riddle of flesh, and I was like, I was, I was looking at him, and I'm like, you're, you're, you look like a half bald Navajo Indian. Who are you? That, that's the guy from Wayne's World, the naked Indian. <laughs> I I still prefer Conan too, the Destroyer. Wait, you mean the one with the, the ridiculous CGI magic? Yeah, the one with Grace Jones and the wrestling scene with the mirrors and the guy from uh, Best of the West that kept swallowing diamonds. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Uh, Grace Jones, Olivia Dabo, and uh, what's his face? Uh, the, the basketball player that supposedly slept with 25,000 women. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Uh, Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain, that's right. Yep. That's right, it was Will Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Oh, good I really should be getting back to work. Okay, Joey. I will catch you later, sir. I'll see you this weekend. You're coming up here one day against your own will. Wilson's going to burn you. I'll just take the day off of work because it's every Thursday, correct? One to four? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, this is week one of our summer extravaganza. We'd love to have you back for the summer extravaganza. Yeah. yeah, Joey, if you can take a day off, if you want to come up one Thursday, I'll take a day off too. We'll come up here and, and take this place over. That sounds uh, yeah. great. Just let me know when, and I'll actually take Thursday and Friday off. I don't care. I'll do a long weekend. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll think of something for it. We'll, I'll, I'll talk to this guy after the show. So then we can all go drink somewhere? That's why you're taking Friday off? There you go. Yeah. We do the Carly drinking game. <laughs> oh, I got a DVD player in my car, too. And he also has iCarly DVDs, so we're set. Do you have iCarly no, DVDs? What's that? iCarly? Uh, no. <laughs> you want to play the iCarly drinking game with me? The iCarly drinking game. You, uh, you drink, uh, whatever you feel uncomfortable, you drink. No, you feel, I was having awkwardly turned on. That's right. I think we mentioned that on the show, and I said that that was actually a good drinking game. Yes, and I, 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 and I, I credited Father Scardo for that, too. I got to, oh, this, this is the show I got it from. That is correct. <laughs> I, I copyrighted that drinking game, so I'm glad you guys mentioned me. All right, Joe, Joey. Good seeing you, man. Joey, go, go back and make sure that people can get porn on the, inter- on the computers and the libraries, and I will talk to you later. That's right, because we can't turn those people away. No, no. Why would you? It's, the hair uh, lotion's drying. Cool. It's illegal to throw them out for looking at porn. It's, it puts the lotion on the skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> All right, guys. I will talk to you later. Later, Joey. Later. Oh, that was that. That he's a nice guy. He he, he he's. He, I have a man. I have a man crush on Joey. Yes. He's. Uh, we're still on air. Yeah, no, that's that's no. His his wife his wife knows. That's why she doesn't leave us alone. Yeah, I actually, uh, one of the singers of my old band, it was an ongoing joke that he and I were together. And the one time we were at a show and the band, this band played what they called strip music. And they said, we want to see some stripping. And as a joke, I got on the couch and I got kind of like, you know, in his face about things with, with things. You gave him a lap dance. Basically, yeah. In the middle of this cafe. And we went outside and like everyone was like, oh, that was funny. Oh, and like everyone kind of disperses and she comes up to me and she goes, that was really funny, and she shoves me against the wall. Goes, if you ever fucking do that again, I will kill you. And she, uh, <laughs> and she was serious. She had me like she was like holding the collar of my shirt. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Someone's a little homophobic. She's like, he is mine. And I'm like, and last time I checked, I have a girlfriend too. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't swing that way. But if, if I if I was uh, so inclined, I, I would I would give Joey some syrup for his pancakes. Oh, uh, you would flap that jack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going to butter his bacon? Mmm. You know, on that note, <laughs> I, we've been, we were talking about it. I think we need to do it now. Tourette's guy. About ten minutes ago, guy tried to break in my truck. Yes, he's a long-legged, pissed-off Puerto Rican. Ah, shit! <laughs> oh, shit! Damn it! I heard she was a lesbian. That just means she likes what I like. Damn it, these fish sticks are hard as tits. <laughs> Who said you've been grabbing the feel hard? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Fuck you. Men's asses. All right, time for this chip shit bullshit. That, is that a Mickey Mouse t-shirt? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, his ears there, and his ears, there's his face. That's not Mickey Mouse, that says tit dirt. Oh, shit.
dick, you prick! Carolina! Oh, shit! She's a bitch! I called her a bitch right in front of her tent! Big next year! What? Oh, for crying out loud! I said big and eggs! I wouldn't fuck her with my own ass! I have to live in this hellhole! All you ever do is stay at home and play your tits and with your ass at the same time! Yes, well, I also do believe that if you don't put the lotion on the skin, you get the hose again. Well, it, that's, it only makes sense. It puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> it puts it the lotion in the basket. whenever it's told. Well, I mean, we were just having some interesting conversations now on air. It's like dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. <laughs> dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Talking about wanker Superman is. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's too... It's like, oh, God, his only weakness is kryptonite. It's like, wasn't it in the original Superman? He couldn't fly. He could leap extraordinary bounds. That's Incredible Hulk. No, no, no. The, the original Superman cartoon, he doesn't fly. He jumps over, like, the Empire State Building, and he lands back there. Well, by that was just like, that question of does he fly or does he push off. I, I, That's what she I, said. I've never heard that. I, I was just assumed he fly, flies. There used to be, like, a huge debate about it, according to my father. All right, well, so, yeah, he, he didn't really – it was weird. Like, if he did fly, it wasn't for too long, and it wasn't too fast. Well, I, I have a background in comic books, and, and you do hit a point where, where the, the debates get – like, when the, when the Spider-Man film came out, the first one, and you had this huge camp of angry comic book fans because – He didn't use the web apparatus? Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, you're, you're upset that he didn't – well, in the comic book, originally, he, he invented this web-slinger thing. That like was it was he invented this, the webs. It wasn't part of his body, which means this this you know college freshman sophomore gained not only gained superpowers but suddenly he's able to invent this incredible machine and liquid that no one else can invent, and it, it, it's even more ludicrous than the idea of gaining superpowers by a radioactive spider. You know these are the same people that complained when the Transformers film came out because Optimus Prime's mouth shouldn't didn't move in the cartoons. Oh yeah, I remember that. There guy. there's always a level of insanity with any kind of obsessive following my favorite version of flight is the way apparently the way thor takes off because <laughs> i was watching this documentary oh yeah of stanley talking about it and he goes he goes well i was trying to think of a of a realistic way for thor to take off and i figured he throws the hammer the hammer goes and he just follows the hammer mm -hmm. of course this makes sense and i figured this was the most realistic way to have thor fly and i'm like really stanley you stand there and masturbate verbally in front of all of us with that bullshit. I, I fucking hate Stan Lee. I wish he, I, I can't wait for the Spider-Man appearance or like how you know, he's in all the films. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to die in one of them. Just, just kill him. I mean, I'm, for, I'm not saying I'm not saying like like in the film. I'm saying for real, kill him on screen. <laughs> just, just don't tell him. And like, oh, you know, like like when he saves the girl in Spider-Man, just have that giant piece of the building fall on him and crush him, and so we can all move on from Stan Lee's psychoticness. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's a Although something. he was great in Mallrats. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Uh, that was a good, I don't know. That was back before Kevin Smith was a giant douchebag. Uh, I, I, I like I, those years. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about Kevin Smith, so I don't know. I know Brian O'Halloran's a great guy, though. Who? Ryan 
Halloran. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, Dante. Yeah, yeah. I actually got to know him at the Mr. Hash convention. Oh, cool. Because at one point I was security at this door, and when he walked in that door, his table was the first table, so I ended up BSing with him for a couple hours. He's a cool dude. You never go ass to mouth. He actually, that's how he would autograph his photos. Spoiler alert. If you ever mean about a convention, <laughs> when he autographs it, that's one of the things he'll put. That or, uh, God. I think the one he signed for me is I'm not even supposed to be here today, but that's because I told him every time I go to work, that's what I say. Because I worked at a 7-Eleven, so that's what it felt like. I was like, because like days off, I would have to go into 7-Eleven in stock freezers. Yeah, no, those early, I remember I saw Clerks like three or four times in the theater when it came out. That was a great film, and, and, uh. Everything was good right up until Jane Silent Bob strikes back, and after that, it's just like a downward spiral of mediocrity. Well, I didn't, uh, are there any other films like that after Jane Silent Bob strikes back? Clerks 2. Clerks 2. Just Clerks, oh, Clerks right. 2, and then uh, the whole uh, Jersey Girl debacle. Uh, which, I didn't see Jersey Girl, but I wanted to see the intro because I heard that Jennifer Lopez dies, and that's like a dream come true. Yeah, well, but that's it, it's that was where he, he lost everything because with Jane Silent Bob strikes back, it was supposed to be the last. His he was you know he's moving on oh I'm moving on from all that stuff I'm I'm becoming a more a more serious filmmaker and like and even at the end they, he closes the book on the whole thing and then Jersey Girl bombs and all of a sudden he's like let's do a Clerks cartoon and let's do Clerks too well actually I've heard not not trying to call you out but I heard a different story about why they made Clerks too I heard that was the only reason uh, Jay would go to rehab in real life yeah. I, I and oh, it's like it, it. It could. I could be wrong. It's just from what the story I was told was that he was like refusing to go to rehab because I guess he got into heroin, mm-hmm. and he said the only way I'll go is if you bring back Jay and Silent Bob. And then he was like, "All right, clerks too." And that, that's such a magnanimous way to, to excuse just making a shit film because you can't. Uh, think of, uh, you know, you can't go on with. Your I might stand alone here, film. but I enjoyed Clerks too. I I, I think it's just because well. Uh, I, I find, uh, come on, I'm the person that watched Passion of the Christ because I thought it was a documentary. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm saying Kevin Smith is a bad person for making it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? And I'm, I don't even mind people that make bad movies, but then don't get all whiny and bitchy with the critics when they say your films are bad and don't get pissy when your fans turn on you because you're not making the same films you did 10 years ago. You know, just move. He listens to his critics. He whines about it. And now he's supposedly retiring. You hear about that one? I don't think he has the money to retire, frankly. Oh, he's got his fucking shitty comic store in Red Bank, which I've been to, and it's a shitty comic store. It's great if you want to go there and buy, like, Kevin Smith memorabilia, but if you want to actually buy comic books, it's a shitty selection. <sighs> that's, that's, that's sad news. I, I remember watching him do, like, interviews in Canada, and I, I, I like the entire time I was just like, really? Like, this is the person you're developing into? He, he he plays this whole self-deprecating. Oh, I'm just a stupid fat guy, ha ha ha! But at the same time, when minute somebody criticizes his work, he just turns to this violent douche. And now he's making that that Red State movie. Red State. Yeah. I don't even know about that. Oh, uh, it, it's it's supposed to be. It, he's 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 trying to drum up some more uh, religious controversy to, to sell this movie, and so he can he can move on. Well, that's one thing I did. Uh, I guess it's one of the last cool things you did. Did you ever see the clip of him at the protest for Dogma? Yeah, and that was cool. I like yeah, that. I was yeah. say that was one of my. I, I just discovered that recently because that was back that's how when far he, behind I am. Yeah, that's back when he was still cool. That's when he was like, you know. Yeah, you know, I, 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 Dogma was a great film. I love that movie. Did you ever see that? Yeah, dude. No, not Dogma. The, uh, the the thing of him in the streets. Oh no, not at all. No, What's he that? um there there was a church protesting Dogma when Eyewitness News was covering it. He went in as one of the protesters and he's talking out the news about. You know, it's horrible that they're releasing a movie like this, and we won't stand for it, and it's Kevin Smith himself. <laughs> like, that was pretty cool. 
I thought I thought Dogma was nothing short of great. I thought I thought that was exactly like the exactly what I wanted to see in a movie about Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I remember reading the screenplay like years before it was made, and I just remember thinking to myself, I don't, he'll never make this. I just will never get made, and I'm glad it did. Oh yeah, and the thing, the cool thing is, well, not that this is like epic, but it, it makes my trips. Um, when I go down to Asbury Park, uh, the route the route I take, you pass the actual church. Mm-hmm. It's like every time I sit in there, I'm like, man, can't believe George Carlin was right there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just like it blows my mind. I'm like, this is this is the church. Like this is where it all happened. This is where Buddy Christ and this is the slaughter. I mean, this is this is awesome. Oh man, Buddy Christ is the funniest freaking thing I've ever seen. I want a statue of that. That's beautiful. You you know why the churches were protesting it, don't you? Uh, well, I have a couple different ideas of why, but I don't know the real reason. Well, the, I mean, I can tell Because they put George Carlin in a robe? No. <laughs> uh, they, uh, before... They, they were protesting a film before they'd seen it, before it was finished being made. The one clip... If you went to all the websites of the religious group that was fun... I think it was the... Uh, it might have been um, Donahue's group, the uh, Family League, the Christian League or something like that. But if you went to their website and read all their reasoning, the only clip, the only actual line of dialogue from the film that they would... Reiterate was Chris. Chris, uh, what's his name? The comedian, Chris Rock. Thank Chris Rock, you. Yeah. Oh, that's how bad I am today. Chris Rock. The the when Chris Rock says that Jesus was black, that and the one line where he said Jesus was black says black nigger owed me twelve dollars. That was the only line they actually. So all this, all the other stuff, questioning religion, questioning faith, that doesn't piss them off. Saying that Jesus was black, that's what that's that's what killed the movie for them. Uh, I honestly so don't understand was. how people even debate that fact. First of all, I'm sorry, guys. There's no Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just not as you imagined him. No one existed like that. Let's just be realistic here. I had a feeling you were Jewish, but God. But uh, <laughs> on the other hand, oh, fuck you very much. Um, uh, on the other hand, if Jesus did exist, look at where he lived geographically you tell me he b- had blonde hair, I'm calling bullshit hardcore. <laughs> bullshit, son. That man was Yeah, they're not tan the over there at all. That man was so dark you could put him in your fucking coffee. Well, that's one of my one of my favorite things is uh, Larry the Cable Guy during one of his things. They're talking about, oh, you got to dress up if you're going to church. Oh, you got to dress up if you're going to church. He's like, we got pictures of Jesus looking like the drummer from Foghat, and you're going to tell me I got to dress up to go to church? It's like, you know, it's kind of true. I don't understand why they why they got such a problem with why some of like the really conservative churches have such a problem with cross dressers. I'm like, yo, I see Jesus in that moo moo. I see him in that. Yeah, he's, he's got moo moo. Well, I, I'm just still upset about the rapture not happening last week. Oh yeah, this is that's what this was. This was the post rapture show. That's was, why I advertised it as. I like this is the post rapture show with Wilson. I knew yeah. I knew the moment that well, Kung Fu Panda was coming out a week after the rapture that there was no way the rapture was happening. I was like, nope. Amen. Well, I mean, I I thought the, the oh, pardon me. I thought naming cool. it the rapture show was great because I I personally knew that if if the rapture did occur, you and I would still be available to do the show. Yeah, exactly. there's no no question there that I'm, I I am not ascending anywhere. Yeah, well. It was funny because they said it was supposed to happen at 6 o'clock. So at 5.58, I was pressing play on my Tool CD and getting in the shower because I figured the rapture's coming. I'm leaving naked just when I came into this world. I, actually, I came out so, of the shower. So you thought you were going to be one of the lucky ones? No, no. I just <laughs> I was say so I was one of the lucky ones. But, you know, considering, like, everyone else in Hackettstown, I think I'm most eligible of Hackettstown. Okay. Now, New Jersey. 
But Hackettstown, I mean, come on, half of them are legal citizens, and I'm pretty sure that's um that's you know that's a sin in the Bible. Ye shall not jump the border. Well, I'll be honest with you and make a rapture confession. I forgot that that was the day of the rapture. I forgot it was even at six o'clock. So I'm at home. I'm getting ready to go out for the night, and. I was jerking off for the rapture. I'm sorry. I was jerking it for the rapture. I was jerking it. That's the truth. No, 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 no. You were stroking. I was stroking. Stroking. If you're going to go, you might as well. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. but I just like, I feel like if I had busted a nut and then everyone had just suddenly risen up around me and I'm like sinking into hell, I would have been like, man, I wish I'd jerked off longer. Well, you, didn't, you wouldn't sink into hell. You would have stayed on Earth for the whole battle on Earth stuff and everything. And uh, you know, uh, the, That the, sounds awesome. Am I the only person that thinks that sounds awesome? Well, that's the funny thing as far as like, you know, yeah, thinking that's cool is uh, I, 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 I could, I, for some reason, maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age, but I couldn't get into the whole camp of pointing and laughing at all the people that thought the rapture was going to happen. I, yeah. I felt kind of like mean-spirited to me. as like, ha-ha, you're not in heaven. I just yeah, seems kind of wrong. I think they've already been punished. Enough. Yeah. There's no reason Yeah, they already believe that guy. I but, mean, why do they need to go? And, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're already embarrassed enough kicking someone while they're down. Yeah, rub their nose in it. But I have always appreciated the arrogance of the of every, the idea that every everybody you ever met, if you ever met anybody, that believe in the rapture, anybody who believes in the rapture believes they're going to go up with it. Yeah. So does that really kind of arid? There's nobody out there who believes in the rapture and says, "But I'm screwed." Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like uh, I don't know. That's like believing in true love. <laughs> yeah, because Electric Six says love isn't real unless it's not real. That's something to keep in mind. But but the love you take is equal to the love you make. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> different strokes for different folks. What can I say? Take the good. Take the bad. Facts of life. Facts of life. I'm sorry. I, I wish I had the CD to play that. We, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know who Bloodhound Gang are? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. On their first album, they have this uh, skit, and it's uh, it's an album of Axl Rose doing '80s TV show themes. <laughs> I'll play it for you in the car before we leave. But it's just like you listen to it, and you're like, oh, these guys are geniuses. <laughs> But on that note, it's getting time to leave. I would like to thank Blake for coming in here and doing nothing. Gents, gents. And I'd also like to thank Scott Wilson for coming on the show and bringing me an advanced copy of the book. Th- thank you very much for having me. And let me, I'm just going to plug my, my website real quick, which is, which is just smichaelwilson.com. And that's where anything I'm doing is smichaelwilson.com. And when will the Lugosi be available on Amazon? It is out as we speak. Y'all kids better go by and pick that up now, you hear? While you're at it, don't forget about Monster Rally. Did I get right this time? Yep, and it's all, Monster Rally is also available on Kindle and, and The Nook and all other ebook formats. And, really? Yep, and Performed by Lugosi will be available in ebook format in about a month or two. Awesome. All that's on Amazon. All right. And Barnes & Noble, too, if, if anybody shops there. I don't know. Uh, is there a Barnes & Noble even near us? <laughs> well, I mean, online. You can go to uh, B&N. And, true. And, and in all the local stores in Amherst, Massachusetts, there's a large sign that reads, if you have to steal books, please steal them from Barnes & Nobles. Just awesome. so you know. I, I back that. I, I agree with that. <laughs> right on. That's a positive message to leave on. <laughs> $50 for a biography of Mangala. Get the <laughs> hell out of town. Off the Shelf is up next, folks. Wow.